The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. You're listening to Wrestling Night in Canada on the Shining Wizards Network with your hosts, Matt Copper, Dustin Maruka, and Snowy White. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another exciting episode of Wrestling Night in Canada. This is episode number 10. Sort of a, mid, mid, a mini milestone, I guess. Yeah. And I'm Snowy White. I'm Matt Copper. I'm Dustin Maruka. Hey, bros, what's going on? Oh, still uh, still recovering from last night. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's actually kind of been a, a hell of a weekend for us. To put everything kind of into a little perspective, to to kick things off, we're, we've been doing things a little bit different than we've kind of established, because as... If you're if you're subscribing through the network or just discovered us with last episode, you are discovering that it's like, oh shit, here's another episode right away because we're basically just with our schedules and what's been going on in the world and all that, we found ourselves doing episode nine, and now here here we are sitting down again, just for shits and giggles for. Uh, for ep- for ep- for episode ten, so we're getting the content out yep. there, especially when uh, we've got a lot to do. And when you say recovering from last night, well, <laughs> we, uh, yeah, 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 we we kind of got together <laughs> us us and yeah. uh, some cold ones and yeah. uh, and, <laughs> and our, our our good buddy Jack, and we yeah. enjoyed. Uh, an event that honestly I thought I would never sit through willingly. You were going to have to tie me up, okay? <laughs> put, put, put toothpicks in my eyelids. It's <laughs> Keep... Basically, the whole clock <laughs> scenario. Okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> keep me, keep me conscious somehow because the IWA Deep South, Mid South. Mid South. Okay, they yeah. put together their annual King of the Death Matches tournament, and it's like, oh my god! So it's like, okay, let just let, let me have a couple shots, let me have a couple beers, and then I'll sit down. This is definitely, definitely not not my thing, but I think that we. Uh, I think we all had a really good time, and I experienced something new. If there's anything, every everyone you know is healthy and happy, apart from a little bit hungover. Do we want to uh, jump right into uh, the King of the Death match? Because I know we have a, a variety of other things we want to get to as well. Like in so, yeah, yeah. Let's jump so. right into the discussion of the tournament from last from the last few days. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Kick us off there, Ducky. This your this is your your area. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is your puppy, well, man. Uh, <laughs> this is like I decided since our buddy Casanova Valentine was on the show a few episodes ago. Now uh, we I decided why not support and order IWA King of the Death matches from the weekend. 
Mm-hmm. And that, I was like, okay, yeah, we'll support and go from there and see what happens and watch people kill each other for six yeah. hours. Essentially, <laughs> yeah. And it was a good tournament. A couple guys did get hurt, which sucks. Mm-hmm. But I mean, when you're working with lots of glass, that tends to yeah. happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, maybe for those that you know, guys like myself and all that, maybe for the un the uninitiated, maybe kind of explain exactly what the King of the Deathmatch tournament is. Uh, basically, if you're a fan of, let's say the only hardcore stuff you watched was EC, basically turn ECW up to eleven. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it, actually. Okay. Well, yeah, that's uh, that's a good way. That's (laughs) the description of ECW up to eleven. That's that uh, basically describes it perfectly. There's so much, just buckets of blood, from what I can recall last night, and uh, yeah, it's blood on glass and barbed wire and. Yeah, the, the amount of blood that I saw was on par with uh, the movie Dead Alive. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. pretty or much. The, the, uh, the 2013 remake of Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, Jeez. yeah, blood. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what were who? What, what were some of the results that was kind of leading us up to like this whole thing? Uh, well, night one started off with a. Uh, with a non-tournament match that uh, was actually for the IWA uh, Mid-South Heavyweight title. Oh, okay. Yeah, triple threat match, or I don't know if I don't know if they can call it a triple threat match. I, I think, think that's a they, mark. I think they call it three-way dance. I think that's three-way dance or a triangle match or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But anyway, yeah, it was uh, Jake Crist, uh, famous from Impact Wrestling, former X Division champion and uh, former member of Ohio versus Everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ace Perry, who was the the champion uh, going into the match, and Kevin Giza. I am not familiar with Ace Perry or Kevin Giza, so Jay Chris is really the only guy I knew. <laughs> going, but uh, yeah, this uh, was a pretty good match. I thought. What did you think about it, Ducky? Yeah, it was good. I haven't watched, sat down, and watched an IWA show in a while. Mm-hmm. So seeing. Uh, a wrestling like a good triple threat three-way dance was good like all those guys are great Ace mm-hmm. Perry and Kevin Giza I'm gonna have to check out more of their stuff yeah for sure and uh yeah in the end the end result was that Jake Christ actually ended up winning the title so. yeah yeah I have to agree like going through and like it, this isn't a slight on these on on these performers it kind of falls on my shoulders but I hardly heard of any of these guys, you know, and Chris is just one of them because, you know, from fall from following impact mm-hmm. and all this, but I like, I certainly hope to think um, I'm going to retain some of these guys and God help me. If I ever sit through this again, I, <laughs> I, I might, I might actually uh, remember some names and all that. Yeah. So. Well, there's always next year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll 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 make it an annual thing. Some of the there's, 
There's <sighs> always ICW No Holds Barred Deathmatch Circus next weekend. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to digest this one first. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the idea of the tournament are these death matches. And I noticed that throughout, with every match, they had a different set of. I, I, I don't even want to say the word props because, like, when you're talking glass, light bulbs, like, yeah. a, a, a prop isn't supposed to hurt you. Okay. Some of the fucking shit that we saw that, yeah, these, that like, these guys were using on each other, it's like, this, this, these, these aren't props, man. This is just crazy. Yeah. There, well, each, each match seemed to have like a, like a theme to it going in, mm-hmm. like yeah. a specified type of weapon that you you, you would uh, that was highlighted in the match. Right on, yeah, yeah, and it's just oh, it's just oh, just like you watch AEW or whatever. Okay, more more mainstream for what whatever that means in wrestling in in twenty twenty now. When they pull out the tax, like. Listen, like viewers are like, oh no, he's getting attacked. Those hurt. This is crazy. What's going yeah. on? What's wrong? What's wrong with these people? Ah, yeah. that's that's nothing. You should see. Yeah. The, you should see the psychos in IWA. <laughs> yeah, at, at one point they, I forget which match it was. I think it was the the, the Taipei. Uh, or it's it says here in my notes the uh, Desert Storm Taipei Death Match between. Jeff King and Eddie only. I think that was the one where they brought out the Legos and the Jacks. Oh the, no, that was the that was the barefoot one with um oh the Josh Crane and oh, Dale Patrick's. That's it. Yeah. 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 It was uh yeah the barefoot bad landing death match is what it's called. <laughs> it just I can just imagine Kevin Von Erich's reaction to like because he wrestled he he historically wrestled barefoot. Mm-hmm. And you see all the glass, all the shards, all the tacks, all the all the all this on the floor. A guy like that must just cringe. Yeah, <laughs> same with same with the guy nowadays, like Matt Riddle. Like, yep, I can only imagine. <laughs> Wouldn't be very chill about that. I know. Oh, jeez. Um. So, who kind of ended up winning it all? Oh well. The first, well, for the first night we got. Oh yeah, the, we should. You're right. Sorry. Yeah, uh, for the the first match was the barbed wire madness stairway to hell match between Ricky Shane Page and J.C. Rodden. Where in this match, in order, like before you could pin your opponent, you had to climb up a ladder, retrieve a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire, then you <laughs> then you could pin your opponent. From what okay. I recall. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Match. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, who uh, J- or Ricky Shane Page ended up winning this one? And the I gotta say, the ladder. Oh, using... Can we say the best part of that match was was Which when I... the fucking one of the cameras died. Oh, oh <laughs> the camera died. Yeah, one of the ringside cameras was shooting. Yeah, the the ringside camera that was pointing towards the the wrestlers when they were fighting outside, and uh, yeah, all of a sudden the screen just goes black and says like low battery or something. So <laughs> they quickly cut to the hard cam, and you can uh-huh. see the, the cameraman reaching into his back pocket and changing the battery on the camera. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. 
first match of the night and one of the cameras already dies. <laughs> that was really funny. Oh, God. You know, funny. like that shit, st- stuff like that is just... Like they put they put a lot for a super indie in in into this show, but man, stuff stuff like that, you know, gut, DIY uh, environments. Oh, for 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 sure, for sure. But they're because they're gonna open themselves up to to criticism from you know more oh. experienced vet veterans and all that. It's like, see, this stuff is as a guy like Jim Cornette would say, you know, like, see, this is just. You know, weekend warrior horse shit in these dingy venues, and these guys aren't real wrestlers. Or as and... he calls them, like mud shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to, I'm well, trying to think of all of his expressions and all that, <laughs> but none of them are coming to me. Well, but... you're, you're subject to criticism no matter what. I mean, like listen to the shit we say about WWE. Every right. Episode. Yeah. Or, or just in, in our own personal uh, private talks or. Uh, even like AEW, the, their very first event uh, for Double or Nothing last year, uh, they had some technical issues. Like, there's like audio issues uh, with some people's mics, and there's some camera issues too, where, where with uh, the cameraman not pointing at the right thing at the right time. I, I seem to recall during Cody Rhodes' entrance last year, the, the camera was pointing at the wrong entrance that Cody Rhodes came out of. When he came out. So, so like, you're subject to criticism no matter what. So it's just, yeah. just these things just happen. And you just got to kind of laugh about it and, uh, yeah, go move on. And move on, yeah, yeah. Like, that, that said, though, DIY, that's the expression. And being an old-school metalhead and punker and all that, like, I, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Which is this? That's how we do it here. That's how we yep. do it on, you know, our brother show, Radioactive Metal, and all that. It's total DIY and all that. So, I can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So, re- refresh me of some other stuff that went on because I don't know. <laughs> when when I woke up, I was having a hard time remembering names and yeah, and all that. Was, so, well, I do remember. Uh, yeah, the. Yeah, the, the or JC or sorry, uh, Ricky Shane Page ended up winning that stairway to hell match. They weren't even using real wrestling ladders like the double the double sided ladders that you see all the time in ladder matches. They were using painters ladders that oh. had like the, <laughs> the, the platform to put your paint bucket and like yeah paint stains on them. <laughs> like they're one sided, and uh, at one point I think JC Rotten tried to climb up the the other side of the ladder, and the whole thing just collapsed. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That just gives the impression they're like, okay, we need a ladder. They they show up to the venue that that day. I think we need yeah. a ladder. You you go find see if this place has a ladder kicking around yeah. somewhere. <laughs> they just found one in the utility room. <laughs> well, we'll use this. It'll be fine. Right, there we go. They won't break. <laughs> yeah, the venue owners. What the fuck happened to all our ladders? <laughs> 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 Uh, uh, ah. like also we're missing like a thousand dollars in light tubes yeah yeah that was another thing like the amount of like light tubes just for fluorescent bulbs yeah just like oh my god who's who's shelling out for these you know Uh, actually (laughs) i think i think it was ian rotten i think there was a photo of him in like a home depot somewhere with just a cart full of <laughs> so he actually okay he actually shelled out for these things he didn't just wait like 
I, I think manufacturers have to throw them out if they have they have a, like a certain shelf life because of the mercury inside them. So once the mercury dies down, I think they they have to either throw them out or something. But I would have yeah. that's what I would have done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, because like that's also another thing. So aside from the tiny little shards of glass that can get in your eye or your mouth or any other orifice and just cut you up super badly, these things have poison in them. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing that kind of gnawed at me the most. It's like, ah, that's brutal. Yeah, or maybe they don't anymore. I don't know. Maybe they changed them. Like maybe maybe they're like, like they don't put lead in pencils anymore or something. Right. <laughs> like, maybe they changed it because like that 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 seriously, I was like, dude, we're gonna have a bunch of mad hatters going around here. Or everything in. All right, right on. So, well, that was was that night that, one. Uh, there was also, yeah, there was the Taipei or Desert Storm Taipei death match between Jeff King, who's the looks like King Kong Bundy got left in the dryer for too long, and uh, <laughs> yeah, Eddie only <laughs> from yeah. And they the ending of this match happened when uh, Jeff King tried to push Eddie Only's head into a pit of hot briquettes and sand, I believe. <laughs> oh god yeah but he didn't actually reach it like before he could actually get to the hot coals uh eddie only had tapped out okay yeah and whether or not they were actually hot or not i'm not sure but that's like another level of dangerous aside uh-huh. from broken glass <laughs> jeez yeah okay all right all right and, yeah <laughs> after that uh there was yeah, after that was the match between uh, Schlack and uh, our good buddy, uh, Casanova Valentine. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, that was good. That was a good Yeah, one. but uh, unfortunately, Casanova didn't uh, come out victorious in this one. Schlack got the win, but uh, Schlack is an interesting character. He, uh, he looks as though if Brian Cage smoked a lot of meth and just kind of <laughs> just kind of went from there. Right, right. And and the name. I have to admit, I loved that. You know, shellac, because you know, it's with it's an old expression from years ago. I don't know, it might have been before your 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 guys, but if you're gonna lay a shellacking on someone, you know, that means you're gonna Uh, I've heard that one before. My dad and my my grandfathers have both used that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. You're gonna give you a shellacking. And then what I found out. It was a real thing, mm-hmm. you know, for painting and putting on nails or something. I don't know exactly, but it's, it's, it's like a real thing. Yeah, right. And I'm like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. It's not just a it's not just a stupid expression off a of Bugs Bunny or something like it's. Yeah, like this, this guy. No, it's like, always a big dude with tattoos you don't want to run into in a back alley. Yeah, jacked beyond all comprehension. He's got no teeth, and he's apparently a tattoo artist. Yes, <laughs> yeah, and a deathmatch wrestler. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know how Cast did that like whole match with barbed wire stuck in his hair. Like, oh yeah, he was like basically wearing a barbed wire necklace the entire time. Like, at one point, I think one of the barbs were like a millimeter away from his eye. So props to Cass for that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like not only for getting in the ring with this Schlack character, but I'm, 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 I'm guessing that I'm guessing that Casanova's seen some seen some uh, 
interesting characters in his day. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Then, let's see, after that, there was uh, Arrow Boy uh, defeated uh, Tristan Ramsey in in a Death From Above match. Yeah. Oh, with that really terribly built wood structure that they were supposed to jump up? Oh, yeah, that was the ones, yeah, the the, the, the wooden boxes that were in each corner that uh, were being held closed by uh, light tube uh, towers. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, each one had, like, like, one of them had just, like, regular everyday household incandescent light bulbs in them which uh break a lot harder than light tubes because there's less surface area so uh yeah and uh i believe there was salt in one of them because you know yeah what 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 goes better than like several lacerations than salt (laughs) salt yeah Yeah. not just a not just a figure of speech in this case Mm -hmm. (laughs) and uh the other one, I think, had, like, uh, the third one had, I want to say it had, like, a bunch of, like, nail sleeves for, like, a Brad nailer, I think. Yeah. I, yeah. I, think, I think that was that match. Yeah, and then the, the final one, I think, had, uh, maybe it was just more salt. It was, it was some other type of substance. It wasn't actually a weapon. But, yeah, <laughs> that, that, was, that was an interesting one. But, yeah, Arrow Boy uh, came out the victor in that. And Arrow Boy, I gotta say, is probably one of the best wrestlers on this entire card. He's a lucha wrestler. Right. Got, yeah. <laughs> Sim- similar to, yeah, masked wrestler, similar to that of Rey Mysterio, Kalisto, Ray Phoenix, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, or as we call him <laughs> yeah. now, Ronald Mysterious. Yeah, Ronald Mysterious. <laughs> oh, I gotta give a shout out to Ross from Cultaholic for coining that name, because that's what he calls Rey Mysterio on every single review of Raw that he does. <laughs> <laughs> So thanks, Ross. <laughs> All right, on. So, oh, so you guys survived night one. Yeah, and that was actually the one more. Oh no, the electrified light tube match. I think was the main event for that. It was a uh, Orin Orin Veet versus Jimmy Lloyd. Yeah, which Orin Veet won, but he couldn't compete uh, on night two he got because he was, yeah, he was bad. so badly cut up. That wasn't even the end of it. Actually, there was two more matches after that. Oh, oh, sorry. I thought yeah. that was kind yeah. of. Oh no, there was a lot of matches. They weren't very long. <laughs> there was a. It was a four-hour pay-per-view. Yeah, so. night one was four hours. Holy shit! Yeah, wow. But we, with the power of fast-forwarding, because we yeah, watched we, yesterday. We watched we it too. <laughs> right. Yeah. Skipped through all the intermissions and cleanup footage. So that's that. That saved a bit of a time. A bit of time. I'm, I'm mm. still disappointed there were no sweep it up asshole chants when they were cleaning the ring. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit, and this is kind of off topic, but they had some of that ring crew. None of them have, I swear to God, never held a broom in their life. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and like for for my money job, okay, like where where I work, my area is spotless. I got a broom in my hand at least once a day, and I am damn good at it, okay? So I would be on that crew watching these people trying to sweep and I'd be like uh, Why do you suck so bad at this? <laughs> I'd be taking the broom out of their hand, kicking them out of the ring. Just let I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> We're wasting well, you- time. the the light tubes match ended with a bit of a scary spot where yeah you could actually see that someone probably got burnt 
Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, well, that was kind of uncomfortable to watch, I got to admit. But, uh, yeah, going from there, we have uh, Eric Ryan defeated BC Killer in a glass galore Texas deathmatch where you had to pin your opponent and then your opponent had to stay down for 10 seconds. Yeah. Right. Yeah, like a last man standing match. Kind of. Or, but you had to yeah. Pin yeah. Right. yeah okay. pin, him, pin him down for one, two, three first and then have him stay down for 10 mm-hmm. seconds. So you could, there could have been multiple pinfalls, but I think there was only two in the entire match, like yeah. one, per, one per competitor. Yeah. Yeah, because Eric Ryan managed to get up, beat the 10 count, but then, yeah, at the end of the match, BC Killer could not. Could yeah, and not, then he stomped the shit out of his ankle so he couldn't get up. Mm-hmm. But, well, he, he was in another match the night after, so. Yeah. <laughs> I guess he, he couldn't have been too. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, what was the the last? There was, oh yeah, the no rope barbed wire Caribbean spider web double hell death match. <laughs> yeah, that All one right. All right. is that's when you showed up during that. Oh, yeah. Okay, All John right. Rock no, defeated Shane Mercer when Shane hit John with a mace. Right. Oh shit! That's right. Yeah, I I couldn't believe that. It's like yeah, this. He brought, yeah, he brought out an actual like medieval mace. Yeah, it brought out a fucking mace. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Like, all right, all right. Where's the fucking sword? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Uh, well, just just when you think you've seen it all in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Like an actual spiked ball or three spiked ball. On a chain attached to a handle, like, and that was used to whack uh, a, a bunch of light tubes into someone's stomach, <laughs> so, or into uh, oh. Shane Mur- or into into Murdoch's stomach, I believe. Yeah, yeah. But then Murdoch eventually came out the winner. When he Canadian destroyed uh, Mercer through oh, yeah. the Caribbean uh. spiderwebs, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, it was false count anywhere. We should probably point that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a whole hell of a lot of rules to any of these. Yeah. The no. ref is basically there to make the count. I, I love how sometimes with some of the things that were made, the look on the ref's face was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, it's like the, the, the referee didn't even condone any of this shit. <laughs> he was just like, oh, I needed money. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, imagine being like a veteran wrestler, like like a Tommy Young or something, and being signed on as an added attraction and all that. Okay, and end up refing one of these matches, and a lot of stuff like wrestling is is muscle movement as well. You yeah, know, I'm sure. It's, it's psychologically, yeah. So yeah. there's probably you get a veteran ref in there. More often than not, he would probably need a reminder. No, no, let them go. There's, <laughs> you know, it's 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 okay that they're doing this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, just make sure if someone does get cut, just check it because it's a good thing they checked Oren because he was like, oh shit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Jimmy Lloyd was like, get him tape now. Yeah. That was something else, too. That was the first time I saw something like that. Like, just tape up the guy's forehead and go. Yeah. Because you know, I guess well, the I cut was... For a little bit, they were doing the whole, if anyone bled, they had to stop the match and, like, super glue the wound shut thing. 
because mm-hmm. they had that strict no blood rule for a little while, like ten years ago, I think. I remember. <laughs> when when uh, Batista was fined like a stupid amount. Yeah, for bleed cage match. Getting cut open yeah. the heart. Rate. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And D- D- Dusty Rhodes lost his his Booker job in WCW when the Road Warriors took the spike to his eye and he bled all over the place. And like oh. this, this was many, 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 many years ago when TBS was kind of like, ah, we really don't like all this blood and all that. There is yeah. no way that you could air this stuff on national TV today. Well, no, like that. Well, that even like stuff like that even happens today because apparently Fox has a very strict rule about bodily fluids, and that's why that whole piss segment between Jeff Hardy and uh, Sheamus was cut out of that episode of SmackDown. Or, or they, or they, at least they blacked out the part where he threw the cup of piss onto Sheamus. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I don't, I don't imagine that scene from the bar fight where Sheamus put Jeff Hardy's head into the urinal made it to air on Fox either. Oh, we got to see it right here in Canada. It's okay. It, it, I'm I'm good with there not being like piss and fart jokes and humor yeah, like all, that. I just oh, that's all Vince. Like yeah. Well, Vince Vince was victim to that himself. Uh, like in 2006, I think from Shawn Michaels, and they even used the exact same line. <laughs> it's better to be pissed off than pissed on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 And when Steve Austin threatened to shoot him in the ring. Yeah. Oh yeah. And he, oh and yeah. And just and it was just one he, of those gag guns that had the yeah. bang. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Wow. There's so much, and we got to make this a uh, a future turn turnbuckle talk. Like just shit from pro wrestling's past that you just could never do today. You know. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. <laughs> and Vince McMahon is probably going to be the topic of that whole conversation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, entirely. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, moving on to night two. Mm-hmm. Now, I, I we didn't realize we weren't allowed to rewind the live feed that uh, we had purchased. So we actually ended up missing the first 20 minutes of night two. And I'm just reading now. Apparently, we missed three entire matches. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There was a singles match. Between, yeah, there was a singles match between Shane Mercer defeated Gary J. Josh Crane defeated Slade Porter. There was a heavyweight championship match where Jake Chris defended against Lincoln Mosley and won. Oh, uh, see, I would have liked to have seen that. Matches, then. Those were short matches then. They had yeah, to be. We came in about, uh, I don't know, maybe we'll say halfway through uh, Aaron Williams and Chris Dickinson. Yeah. In a, in a, actually a very impressive match, I thought. Just a straight-up wrestling match. I thought that was absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Chris, uh, Chris Dickinson, unfortunately, well, I was rooting for him maybe just only because of his last name. <laughs> yeah, well, the the thing of interest for us being metalheads and all that, apparently Chris Dickinson is a legit metalhead and all that. That's probably, you know, obviously Dickinson is his shoot name or his, his gimmick name. Yeah. Through a love of Iron Maiden and all that, so mm-hmm. we, we have to thank uh, we have to thank the Shining Wizards guys for that little bit of information. Yeah. Nice and all yeah. that. Yeah, He's yeah. Maybe we can get Chris on the show one day. I definitely would want that. Yes, <laughs> I, yes. I can try and reach out. Please, well, please. yeah. If, uh, maybe uh, talk to your boy Cass there. Uh, see if he can talk to Mister Dickinson. I'll send him a text. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, then we got, after that, we got into the uh, 
the tournament matches again. So there was a, the quarterfinal started off. It was a construction death match with Schlack. He defeated Ricky Shane Page. This, uh, yeah, the construction death match had a bunch of construction themed weapons. <laughs> so yeah, wow. you, can imagine, you can imagine that was very fun. As fun as it sounds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Ricky Shane Page, I think at one point tried to run away from Schlack, which I don't blame him one bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> I would be the exact like, or yeah, Schlack is like like I know I said I compared him to to uh, Brian Cage in terms of looks earlier. He's like if you took Brian Cage and Bruiser Brody and put them in the same person. Yeah, and, yeah, I think so. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. And then and then wow. fed, fed them a straight diet of meth and steaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just meth steaks. And yeah, meth sticks. There we go. Yeah, meth sticks. Uh, wow. Porterhouse sticks, <laughs> and gave them a bunch of weights, and that, that's that schlack. That's my the best description of schlack that I can give you. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, schlack ended up uh, winning that match, going on to the semifinals. Um, then there was the medieval death match between John Wayne Murdoch and Jimmy Lloyd. I'm gonna get medieval on your ass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was the quarterfinals. John Wayne Murdoch defeated Jimmy Lloyd in that match. Uh, any? Do you have any comments on that one, Ducky? Uh, I wasn't really paying attention to that one much. No. I mainly caught the end where they dropped the barbed wire net on Jimmy Lloyd. So. Oh, right, right. That's right. And then, yeah, after that, there was a Panes of Glass match between Eric Ryan and Jeff King. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't break every pane of glass that they had in the ring. There was still one left over when the match ended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez, yeah. <laughs> I even pointed, it was like leaning up against the ropes, and I was like, oh, there's still one more. And it's like, oh, wait, it's over. Oh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think we got enough glass. Yeah, but, uh, but we got more later in the night. <laughs> we ended up getting a shit ton of more class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Eric Ryan defeated Jeff King in that match, and then there was a high impact tables death match between Dale Patrick's and Arrow Boy, which was pretty good from a wrestling standpoint, not just a hardcore death match standpoint. Yeah, Arrow Boy and uh, Arrow Boy knows how to wrestle, <laughs> and so does Dale. Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. Arrow Boy, unfortunately, I was rooting for him, but he didn't come out victorious in this one. Dale Patrick's did. Nothing against Dale Patrick's. <laughs> if you're mm. listening, <laughs> please, but please we don't. Were, but we were going for Ronald Mysterious. <laughs> yeah, we were going for Ronald Mysterious. But uh, yeah, so that was the end of the quarterfinals, and then the semifinals was a the first match of the semifinals was a glass casket death match between Eric Ryan and John Wayne Murdoch. <laughs> glass yeah. casket match. Wow. Yeah. Oh, sorry, glass castle death match. Oh, yeah. right, right. Okay. That was the one with that like, octagon looking thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the 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 entire ring was surrounded by glass light tubes. So yeah. <laughs> those all those all ended up breaking. Yeah. If, mm -hmm. if the panes of glass match was not enough to satisfy your uh your lust of broken glass. <laughs> Here's more. Yeah, the glass castle death match with with uh, with glass that breaks in, into even smaller shards. Yo. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Again, very bloody, very 
uh, dare I say, uncomfortable. But uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then let's see what was. Yeah, Eric Ryan came up victorious in that one. Moved on to the the finals. Then there was Schlack defeated Dale Patrick's in a carnival death match. <laughs> okay. All yeah. right. Well, more Schlack. <laughs> Where they both <laughs> had their heads taped. Uh-huh. They both, sorry? They both had their heads taped, remember, too. Oh, right. Yeah, they both Yeah, they both had to tape themselves up because they were... Yeah, so... <laughs> so bloody. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then we had a... Non- yeah, or... Yeah, after... Yeah. Sorry? Oh, after that, then we had that, that four-way... That four-way dance. Yeah, a four-way fans bring the weapon match. Yeah. Yeah. That was between Tristan Ramsey, BC Killer, Eddie Only, and our boy, Casanova Valentine, who was repping Ducky's band, Shit Happens. Yeah, yeah. That was fucking awesome to see. What what was the story with with that? Did you just send him a shirt, or...? Uh, Yeah, he bought a CD, and then I was just like, Here's a shirt. Here's a sticker. Here's a pin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Right on, right yeah. on. And he just he just said, hey, you know what? I'm going to wear your shirt on this pay-per-view or? Yeah. He's just like, yeah, I got the stuff in the mail. I'm going to rip the shirt of King of the Death Match. And it was just like, sweet. Ah, so that was right on. I That's think cool. that's where we all got our second win because we were all just tired. Uh, yeah, yeah, because I can only handle so much of this, yeah. Yeah, that was when the adrenaline kicked in, because, well, <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's cool to see, a, like, even though it is, like, an indie wrestling promotion, like, in Indiana, uh, but you see, seeing a local Winnipeg uh, punk band t-shirt on mm-hmm. a paper that is actually pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure, for sure. That, yeah, like, the, the, the t-shirt was far and away the highlight of that show for me. Like, uh, yeah, it was, it was like that time that Sammy Stain was wearing a propaganda shirt. At a right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I still think that when they tried to do the, the shield bomb, when fucking oh, the yeah. Roman Reigns. Yeah, oh yeah, Casanova tried to do the who, or no, he didn't try to, he did do the who. Uh, <laughs> that was cool. We all fucking yeah. laughed our asses off. We're just like, yes! Yeah. <laughs> yep. Thank you. <laughs> Always, oh, I always like when they throw little things in there like that. They yeah, kind of like oh, yeah. give a bit of a jab to the competition without mentioning their names, but it's like, oh, you know, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Anytime you can throw shit at Vince, it's great. <laughs> that's... Well, because it was funny, too, because when they were about to set up for the triple powerbomb, you we were like, is Cass going to do the Roman? And he did it. And we were just like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, that was pretty entertaining. But uh, let's see. Yeah, and then that was the final match. The, yeah, the finals of the night was uh, a barbed wire cage house of horrors match between Eric Ryan, who was accompanied by Eddie uh, Eddie Only and Ricky Shane Page. And, and he ended up winning the whole thing by beating Schlack. Didn't think that was going to happen. <laughs> nope. <laughs> like, like as we talked about, Schlack is Bruiser Brody and Brian Cage in one. Yeah, and in a cage, in a barbed wire cage with glass, I'd be like, uh, uh-uh. uh, I feel yeah. like fuck this. <laughs> nope, I'm good. I choose like, yeah, <laughs> like I'm sure he's like the nicest fucking person on the face of the earth, but like in him in like 
okay, let's go mode. It's like, yeah. fuck this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. Yeah. So that was, this was the match where they constructed that big, like, uh, like, I don't know. I guess, yeah, it was just like glass, glass walls and like wooden frames. Yeah. And you can hear it being built during the four-way fans bring the weapons match. Uh-huh. <laughs> Every time yeah, you do like, like a drill in the background. <laughs> <laughs> just like, wait, is someone bringing out a drill? Oh, no, they're just building the cage back. Yeah. Uh, no, they're just building props. <laughs> Don't worry about them. Just yeah. building shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but, yeah, so that was the IWA Mid-South King of the Death match tournament pay-per-view wow okay some of the stuff kind of kind of like made me think it's like okay i understand hardcore matches okay yeah one of like on i i can you know watch one on every card with some plunder and all Mm -hmm. that but uh, two nights of this like, yeah. dude, sometimes I think, Ducky, like, what is wrong with you, man? <laughs> like, I mean, thank you, but... <laughs> yeah, because I remember, look, like, when I was a kid, okay, you would see, like, barbed wire matches in the old UWF or, or down, on, down in Puerto Rico, and there was blood and all that. That was brutal. Like, we thought, oh, my God, the barbed wire match, these guys are crazy and all that. Just as wrestling progressed over the years, you know, along came like you, you, UWF got brutal, yeah, but ECW took it up to the next notch. XPW was a little crazy too, and now Combat Zone took it up to the next level, and, and now. Then- <sighs> And then, like, at the top of the ladder is, like, Big Japan and uh, Freedoms in Japan. Oh, yeah. They're doing some of the shit those guys take. It's like, why? Just why? Like, (laughs) oh, yeah. Oh, I'm just going to take a powerbomb on a sushi knife board. No problem. Yeah. Like, fuck fuck no. (laughs) Like, we saw that Uh one... We saw that one quote-unquote prop with, like, forks sticking out of that box yeah. or whatever, and he's being pounced oh, yeah, by like, oh, yeah, it, was, it was like a styrofoam cube with forks, like, real metal forks sticking and out of it. Yeah. Yeah. And a backdrop on it, like, oh. Yeah, in, in night one, we saw something similar to that, but it was plastic forks. Not necessarily. Okay. <laughs> not that it's a pussy version, but... Yeah, it's still gonna, it's still gonna, it's gonna still hurt gonna. like shit. Yeah, it's, not gonna, like, it's like what Triple H said about the thumbtacks. It's not gonna kill you. It'll hurt like hell. <laughs> Yeah, it's gonna suck. (laughs) Booking an event like this, okay? Like, imagine sitting in on as they're constructing this, as they're booking this this tournament, and everyone is like, "Okay, how do we want to do this? What bizarre weapons that we can kill each other with?" Well, here, let's let's get lots of fluorescent tubes. Let's get forks, let's get knives, let's get barbed wire, let's get panes of glass, let's, now let's, let's, okay, well, how are we going to do this? Well, for this match, you know, this thing that would kill a human, you know, should go here, and this goes here to, like, imagine sitting in on that, it's like, you guys, like. We gotta, I gotta sit down with you guys, and we gotta watch a big Japan event, and it's just like. Oh, I'm sure. Last night was bad. It's fucking through the roof in Japan. I'm like, how the fuck do you guys do this shit? And why? Cass sent me a 
a little video like of something the fans brought. It was like a sewing pin type small board, and he he was like, <laughs> "Yeah, fuck that." Hmm. <laughs> like, nope, I'm not taking that. Like, and in Japan, that's like fucking child's play. It's like, jeez. Oh, and the risk over reward idea is just yeah. It's not like these guys are getting paid heavy salaries to do this stuff to their bodies. Right, right. And like no one really from and this will lead me up to my next thought. No one from the WWF, no one may maybe from Impact, Ring of Honor might see something in some of these guys. But like Bruce Pritchard, you know, and the some of the guys that all all elite, they're not looking at this card going, okay, who can we uh who, who, who can we sign here? You, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Like, this isn't going to get them further or up the ladder in their career. So well, I got to give them credit. Yeah. You know? If you think about it, Jim, before the bullshit with Jimmy Havoc came out, uh, this is what Jimmy Havoc was doing. And AEW signed him. Right, right. But I think he was also buds. Like, when they call all elite wrestling, like all friends wrestling and all that. There is yep. a lot of, there's a lot of signing our friends to this, mm-hmm. to, to this federation. Not, not that Havoc did, didn't earn his spot and does, and doesn't deserve it, but Havoc also can work as well. Like he's not just a, he's not just a plunder guy. You, you do too many King of the death matches. You run the risk of getting stereotyped. Mm-hmm. You know, and then people just say, well, he's just a plunder guy, you know, which kind of leads me to my next thought, though. Who out of all of these, who in this tournament would you pick up? You're you're booking Impact, you're booking AEW, you're booking Ring of Honor. Who are you signing out of this? I could see them picking up Ronald Mysterious. Arrowboy. Yeah. Yeah. Boy. Right. Yeah, I could like Tristan Ramsey too, because that kid can go. Yeah, I could, I would like to see Chris Daniels get signed to maybe like Impact or NXT. I think that would be pretty good. Mm-hmm. Chris mm-hmm. Dickinson. Or oh, Chris Dickinson. Sorry, not Chris Daniels. Yeah, Chris Daniels. Yeah. Sorry. For Daniels. Yeah, he's he's yeah he's been around the block a few times. Already. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially in Impact. But no, yeah, Chris. Yeah, Chris Dickinson being signed to uh, NXT or. Uh, Impact Wrestling, I think, would be pretty cool. Also, Chris feuding with Brian Cage and AEW would be pretty sweet because they're both massive dudes. Mm-hmm. And Chris yeah. could probably easily throw them around if he's thrown sets of bleachers at people. Like, yeah, wait, no, that's yeah, cursor, but he could easily too pick up a fucking thing of bleachers. You know, it's it's like I said last night when we were watching this, like. Who's to say that any of these guys, like maybe maybe uh, Dickinson or even our, our boy Cass, could show up on an episode of Dynamite to challenge for the uh, the uh, T- our TNT title? Yeah, right. Yeah, and then if they put in a good showing from there, yeah, who, who knows? Yeah, because yeah. Cass could go. Yeah, so, mm-hmm. like, if Warhorse can get in, why not? <laughs> why not Cass? Yeah. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, that's. Something uh Eddie Kingston threw out a promo and Cody was like, Yep. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. But then again, Matt Tremont's been calling Cody Rhodes out for two years and Cody has been a bitch about it. So 
Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> the IWA Mid-South King of the Death Matches Tournament. Is this horns up, horns down, horns in the middle? Uh, I was entertained. I say horns up, horns up. What about you, dude? You know I watch this shit all the time. Horns up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? For what I saw, for all the stuff that an old-timer like me, okay... What I go for in wrestling and my thoughts and ideas and all that, this is definitely horns down. But for for a Saturday night with your buddies with some beers and our buddy Jack and uh, horns up to uh, Ducky's dad, DJ, for coming out and joining us last night. Always good to yep. see him um, for just having a good time and hanging out and all that. I would give it a horns up for that. To do this every week, like yeah, you do, yeah. I, I don't think so. It's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit much to take in. Uh, yeah, what we do enjoy every week, though, is AEW. Yep. AEW. Yeah. yeah, yeah, AEW Dynamite. I try to get to as many darks as I can, you know, yep. but I. They I sometimes like you, you. YouTube has to give me the reminder. Hey, asshole! You haven't watched Dark yet. Here, yeah. You know, mm. <laughs> you know. Watch this. It look the little bell icon, and you'll, you'll get notified every time AEW uploads a video. Uh, yes, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's 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 technology. <laughs> so click, I click the bell. Subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> anyway, something I'm looking forward to this week coming up as we speak. We don't know exactly the whys and wherefores and what's going on. And by the time this goes to air, it might have it's probably already have going to have happened. But apparently Easy E, Eric Bischoff, yep. they're bringing him into AEW for this what are your thoughts i think it's a fucking stupid idea you think it's stupid no yeah all i can say is that i'm all due respect to eric bischoff but like when tna did this it was shitty yeah yeah it was but thing is with tna he actually had real authority that's true if he's just on commentary that's fine yeah, if like I hope he's just filling in for Excalibur on commentary because that would be like a little uh, nod to to his uh, pre NWO days. Yep. Right. But, uh, I think that that's best case scenario. Worst case scenario is that they would potentially make him an on screen authority figure, which we do not need any more of in professional wrestling. In my no, opinion. no, we've uh, seen that with him enough times. Yep. Because knowing yeah. if that happens, if Bischoff's there, then he's going to be like, oh, can I call Hogan? Like, no. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Because no. No, if you call Hogan, he's going to call Jimmy, and they're going to bring in Brutus, and it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have, like, another, uh, uh, we're going to have Fortune 2.0. Like, no. No. Fuck this. Uh-uh. <laughs> Oh, then we need Hall and Nash. Then we need the NWO. It's like, fuck off. Oh, yes. We need Sean Waltman. And then we need oh. Yeah. Scott Steiner. <laughs> God forbid. Oh, God. Okay, I admit I'm an Eric Bischoff fan. I go back as a Bischoff fan to his AWA days. 
Okay, I and I enjoy his podcast. You know, when he's when he's talking about stuff from the past, if he's talking current shit or whatever, I'm not that interested in all that. But you know, stuff from the past that I never got a glimpse into because uh, you know this was pre-internet and all that. So you just saw what they presented you and all that. So these these podcasts, Bischoff's podcast. Cornets, JRs, Arn Andersons, they're giving you glimpses into the past that we didn't see. I really dig those. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I agree. I like Bischoff, but I don't want him in any real any anything that he's done before. I like the idea of every once in a while, maybe bring these guys, you know, like in baseball, where you have you bring a veteran in and have a a, a Willie Mays day, you know, mm. you know, and he just comes out and he waves, he waves to the audience and tips his hat, throws you the know, first pitch. throws, throws the first pitch. Yeah. yeah. If, if Bischoff does shoot the first bullet, <laughs> if, if, if this is just Eric Bischoff day in AEW on Wednesday, fine. I'm down yeah. with that. As long as it's not Russo, I don't give a shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's like the, the only thing worse than yeah putting Bischoff in creative that's control. The is the that's the nail in the coffin. Is if they're like, oh, we're bringing in Vince Russo, I'm done. No. Nope. Yeah, uh, yeah. I like and I like the idea of maybe bringing him in to provide color because Excalibur is kind of sitting out now, which that makes yeah. me think it's on the shit list at the moment. Ah, uh, yes, yes, and I'm kind of disappointed in that at first at first I heard that Excalibur, okay, he was caught he, he there's there's footage or whatever. Yeah. yeah, dropping some major end bombs and all that. And I thought, oh God, okay. This is not good. This is this is not good. But then you guys told me last night that it was part of an angle. From part like of, 2004. Part of a promo, yeah. Which, like, he, okay, I guess he had the option of saying, well, I'm not saying that. You know, but if you're a young wrestler coming up in the biz. Yeah, okay. you want to impress the higher-ups. Yeah, yeah. So when they say, we're going to do this little risque thing here, would you be down for it? If you go, no, I don't want to do that, which I would give you so much credit, but you can't take snowy points to the bank. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, I'll how old would uh, Excalibur have been when this happened? Like probably yeah. early twenties. Right, right. Just, yeah. just still very, very impressionable. Yeah. Right. Like, I'm so, not condoning what he said, <clears throat> but same time, it's not entirely his fault, and he did. Uh, Holy shit! Forward. What's up? Um, eighteen new cases of the virus. Oh well. Okay. Um, <laughs> we can talk about that off air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I just I was just scrolling Facebook to look for shit. And it was just like, oh, there it is. Uh oh. Uh oh. No good. No good. Um. Yeah. Um, was, uh, Excalibur has apologized for this already. So. Right. Right. And I honestly I don't think any repercussions could have. He should have been experiencing any of any of that like like we said it was a lot it was a long time ago it was out of his hands and all that but i guess aew just has this really strict strict no nonsense policy 
mm-hmm. when it comes to that, which yeah. I kind of understand with Cody Rhodes being married to an African American lady. Yeah. You know, it's, so I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's but, too bad. Well, yeah, I for one hope to see or hear uh, Excalibur back at the, the commentary table alongside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this it's it's also kind of a cautionary tale too because it's like, okay, guys, you you have to make extra efforts to watch your mouth because. Yeah. It can come back and bite you on the ass five years from now. Okay, yeah, that's that's, that's, not, that's yeah. great. That's not the only reason you should like. Well, the the potential of being caught shouldn't really be the catalyst to not say these things. Like you should. That's not right. <laughs> that was that was going to be exactly my point. It should <laughs> be you just don't you don't want to be a piece of shit. You know. <laughs> that's like that was like Hulk Hogan's apology about his racial comments Ugh. when he got, he got brought back into the WWE couple years ago his apology was basically him saying don't get caught (laughs) Uh (laughs) of course we'll never forget old booker t live on tv where it just (laughs) hulk hogan we're coming for you and then his face is just like god damn it Uh, yeah like his like you knew it was legit because he had that honest reaction of oh damn it (laughs) after he said that like he was just had his head in his hands and like Sister Sherry was trying to like con- console him. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it was, it, it was brutal. So, um, yay, nay to Bischoff. Uh, hard to say at the moment. Yeah, it's like if it, if it is for just for a color commentary thing, like a one-off, then yay. If it's for an on-screen authority figure, nay, nay. Yeah, I'm gonna go with that. Yeah. Also, I just scrolled past something here. Uh, Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella had their second kid this morning. Oh, well, congratulations to them. Yeah, way to go. Congratulations to the Danielsons. Yeah, you you got your wife pregnant. Way to go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I like Daniel Bryan, but I got no respect for the Bellas at all. Yeah. But I, I assume they're gone. Like, is... Total so. Bellas is Total Bellas. Is that still a thing? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe if, they're both if, pregnant on that on this. So I guess Nikki might be giving pre- giving uh, birth uh, to her baby soon too. Yeah. It's, she's okay. Nikki's the one with the bigger. Yeah, the one that, that that Cena paid for. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> are they? Is she still with him? No. No. She. They broke it off. After the engagement angle at WrestleMania 30, because John uh, didn't want kids. Yeah, John didn't want kids, but she did. And then I think the last, just solely based on commercials that I see during on the network, um, the last couple seasons of Total Bellas have been Nikki trying to find a new boyfriend, and I guess she got pregnant. Okay, so, yeah, I guess it worked. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I can anyway, I, I, I can proudly say and honestly say outside of commercials and pictures online and all that <laughs> I've never seen an actual frame of Total Bellas or Total Divas like Consider while it's being aired yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and finally kind of before we get on with a little bit of turnbuckle talk here with everything that was going on in impact with Slammiversary, with this, with the with the COVID, with Tessa Blanchard as world champion and all that. They had to strip her of the title. 
they had the awesome Slammiversary card to declare a new champion. And apparently Blanchard, who is giving me less and less reason to like her anymore, okay, as a person, is holding up, is pulling a Jeff Jarrett, basically, and holding up the Impact World title. I'll, I'll return it to you guys because I got it down here in Mexico. Mm-hmm. If you guys send me a hundred and fifty thousand dollars, yeah, okay, I think someone is delusional. <laughs> yeah, like we know who your dad is, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, like you're, she's trying to pull like what Ric Flair did with the big gold belt, and also what Jeff Jarrett, like you said, did with the Intercontinental title, right? Yeah. Right, which it's it's just I gotta say, like. How much could that belt? How much would it cost to make a new Impact World Title belt? Oh, like a tenth of that price. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm sorry if I was running Impact, I'd be telling her, "Okay, you keep it. You put it up on your mantle." Okay, great. We're we're just gonna call Jim down the road here, and he's gonna make us a new title for yeah. You know, <laughs> fine, keep it. Yeah, like now, is she shooting herself in the foot when it comes to negotiating with other federations? Is stuff like this because first of all, there was the allegations of making racial comments and doing some backstage bullying and just yeah. there was there was there was all that crap. Now holding the title up for ransom basically like that. When it comes time to negotiate with other leagues, AEW are they going to be looking at this and saying, okay, risk reward once again, what's going on, you know, with Blanchard, is she going to be worth the hassle? Well, that's like, that's, it's hard to say because like they, like her dad works with the company. I realize that, but like, would she do these things being under the same roof as her dad, knowing that it would make him look bad. Right. Uh, yeah. In relation to that. Yeah. And like, will I be able to pull this shit off at AEW, a big, a big company? Would no. I be? Probably no. not. They would rip her a new one. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, if, they, if she tried anything, they would probably try to bury her oh. on camera. And then she would, if, or if they told, uh, she would probably, like, if they told her they were going to, like, bury her on screen, she probably just wouldn't show up. Yeah. So, yeah. And then you just void your contract and see you later, Toots. Like, yeah. And but with WWE though, it's a lot more of a controlled environment because the wrestlers don't actually uh, travel with the title belts. Like they're they're given replicas for their own trophy case. Right. But like they're, they're given the one that they they bring out on TV, and they're given a separate one that they bring to like uh, media events. Uh, other than that, though, the title belts, when the, when they're actually traveling in their cars from town to town, the title belts are kept in road cases. So she couldn't pull this. <laughs> she <laughs> couldn't pull. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's probably now known as the Jarrett Clause, them traveling yeah. in the road cases. The <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, or, the, or, or in her case, I guess the Alundra Blaze Clause. There we are. Yeah, it doesn't they they don't want to end up uh, 
seeing it in the, in on on any uh, AEW programming garbage bins. Well, there's not that I'm a fan of. I'm not. I'm not really a fan of the belt designs for the AEW or Raw and SmackDown women's titles. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, but I think uh, I've trust me. I've got a whole other turnbuckle talk yeah. brewing about title designs and the NXT women's title is nice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It is. It is. But another time, another time. That's kind of the stuff that. It's been floating around my little head the last little while. Before we get into some turnbuckle talk, do you guys have any uh, anything else you want to throw out there? Well, I in terms of the Tessa Blanchard thing, I have heard that there's some pretty strong rumors that they're trying to like, convince the higher-ups in WWE to uh, sign Tessa Blanchard. So we'll inevitably see a uh, Charlotte Flair versus Tessa feud. I guess. Right. right. Yeah, that, that would generate, I think that would generate some media buzz and a, a potential ratings boost in and of not, itself. Not before Charlotte injures her shoulder and comes back with bigger boobs again. Or, yeah, or <laughs> something so, something new that they're not going to call attention to, but whatever, yeah. that's her choice. It's her body. She can do whatever yeah. she wants with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She just shouldn't do moonsaults and pop them. Yeah, or no. at least, like, own it. Like, don't act like it didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, be, be proud of it. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. One of the keys to success in pro wrestling, okay, if you want if you want to come in the outdoor, you want to make an impact, you want to make, you know, if you're just that type, you don't have the passion, you don't have the desire, you just want to get in, make a couple bucks because you're getting a push and then get out. Okay, fine. You want the longevity. If you want to make this career, if you have that passion, okay, that the three of us have, mm -hmm. okay, if we were to make a living off of this, we would want it to last for as long as possible. You can't, what, what kind of works in 10 years ago might not work today. What worked 20 years ago might not work today. What worked 30 years ago, unless you're the Rock and Roll Express, apparently, <laughs> might, might might not work today. Just start doing Canadian Destroyers. Yeah. yeah. That's, right. That's right. That's right. So I think maybe reinventing, refreshing yourself, your character, your ideas, just, you know, that's definitely something that you definitely need to do. And um, some have done it successfully. You know, yep. like when you, when you, when you really think about it, uh, it's all, it's almost like an art. And I can think of some that, you know, definitely kind of pulled it off. Uh, this was kind of your, your, your idea, Matt. So I'm going to yep. kind of, throw this to you i've i have some some examples but yep. i'm really excited to hear what you're coming up with yep yeah it's uh not every day that you see a wrestler that can reinvent their entire character and have it be a huge success it is quite literally a gamble because you're like presenting yourself to a lot large audience on live tv you don't know how people are going to take it if they're going to get it the same way that you get it and it's like your only hope is that you can like present it the best you can and hopefully people hopefully people bite and mm -hmm. there have been quite a few people over the years that have 
that have done that successfully. And to start off my list, I'm going to have to go with uh, Chris Jericho. <laughs> he has reinvented himself successfully countless amounts of times. Oh, the guy, mm-hmm. four years ago, the guy got a scarf and a clipboard over. Like, <laughs> <laughs> who else can say that? Oh, for he's sure, got, for sure. He's gotten light-up jackets over. He's gotten suits over. He's taken just basic basic everyday catchphrases or, or phrases like shut the hell up and turned it into a something that fans can chant along to. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, what he's doing in AEW, like, it's all, all of his characters have been very much like, you know it's Chris Jericho, but there's always been certain little nuances to each and every one of them. Oh, yeah. Differentiate them from one another. And, like, the, the whole demo god thing that he's doing in uh, in AEW right now. Oh, yeah, that, that works so well because... They're talking demographs. Yeah, demographics. Okay. Yeah. yeah, like the the audience. We we're we're winning this demograph. Well, I'm sorry. All pro wrestling is the same demograph right now. Mm-hmm. You know, it's males from twenty to thirty-five. You know, like yeah. that's that's the pro wrestling demograph right now. Now, as an old school metalhead. Okay, and I know I never we haven't spoke to Jericho. He hasn't said anything about this, but I know he took demo and demo god <laughs> from the eighties metal band Demigod because yep. Jericho himself, the name himself, is from the old walls of Jericho Halloween record. Yep. You know, so <laughs> so I know at some point. You know, while he's refreshing himself, he heard demograph. That sounds like demi, demigod, demo, mm-hmm. the demo god. You know, like demo. that's that's what makes Jericho so brilliant. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. His, oh, his, uh, his like his heel character in WCW was great. How he was just like the, the typical whiny, complainy babyface, mm-hmm. and. He would just be so narcissistic and up his own ass. Like yep. that was when he arrived in W or when he arrived in WWF for the first time, where he was supposed to be like the savior of the of the entire federation. That was good. Then he turned face, started doing the whole shut the hell up thing or calling people ass clowns. Mm-hmm. Like he got over to perfection. And, and calling Stephanie McMahon a bottom feeder trash bag hoe. Yeah, but, yeah <laughs> a dirty, slutty, bottom feeding trash bag hoe. <laughs> and uh, what else? Uh, oh yeah, when he yeah he got the whole the whole break the code thing when he first came back in 2007 with his new look. Yep. Like that that was a vignette that was playing over and over again. Like that wasn't nearly necessary a, a gimmick, but yeah. he kind of just came back as his old his old his old self, but then reinvented himself after that into the the more like uh, less emotive uh, suit wearing Chris Jericho, the the don't call me Y two J Chris Jericho, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, where he was just like stone faced, like serious, like yeah, like it was a, it was different, but it worked. He got it over, mm-hmm. and then yeah, in twenty he did that for quite a few years, and then. I think it was 2016, like I said earlier, he got a scarf over. He wore a scarf and he took a clipboard <laughs> to the <laughs> Oh, the light bright jacket, too. Let's not forget about the light bright jacket. Uh-huh. <laughs> light bright jacket. 
Yeah. But uh, yeah, the scarf, the scarf that actually had light light them or lights on it too, I think, uh, for one WrestleMania. But the the whole like list of Jericho thing that was done to absolute perfection, just with his whole, just the things that he would say and the way he would say them, the whole like drink it in, man, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Jericho or stupid idiot, yeah, stupid, yeah, <laughs> stupid idiot thing, and uh, yeah, it's like or how he would point the fingers, always like you're gonna get it. and uh yeah and just the whole list of jericho like people pissed him off and like the whole build-up to it that got people like cheering the like even though he's supposed to be a heel people would cheer it every time Mm. just like like, you know what happens you know what happens when you piss off chris jericho huh (laughs) you just made the list (laughs) and click (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the list worked so well because it's it's like okay you're writing my name down big deal yeah. but it's still a big deal like yeah just the way he presented it it's like oh shit you're on the list <laughs> <That's right. laughs> like there's no 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 meaning they never explained any meaning to it it's just like oh you're on the list it's like yeah shit. <laughs> yeah you made the shit list buddy yeah. which i'm really curious to find out if he took that ex- like the the list if he took discovered that who put that together from uh, L7's shitless song oh yeah possibly it might be interesting to find out which which back then like when Jericho like his when he was a rook up here in the indies in in Winnipeg and then you know he went to Smoky Mountain as uh the thrill seekers with Lance Storm and all that you knew the potential he had amazing potential like these guys could be the next rock and roll express mm-hmm. you, know, you know like these guys got a great work rate they've got this and all that you there is no way to know or to predict that he would become this 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 breakout star by himself and continuously to reinvent and refresh his character the way he does and all that that mm-hmm. is probably the best example of this that we're going to uh that we're definitely going to come up with what else got uh ducky what do you got uh matt hardy oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh he was on well speaking of lists he was on my list too (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah with um once once again like just being just matt and jeff hardy you knew they were these young rocker types Mm -hmm. and and all that, but they were predominantly a tag team and they were soup cans to begin with and all that. You saw the potential. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To see them both break out, okay, and become solo single stars and to continuously reinvent themselves and all that. Like, you couldn't have possibly have predicted that. Well, no. And like, Jeff Hardy, are like, unarguably was the more popular of the two when they broke off in the single stars. Because, like, uh, Matt Matt never got the the singles push in WWE quite like his brother did. And Mm -hmm. never got the the kids, the key demographic, speaking of demogods, (laughs) just like his brother (laughs) did. So Matt Matt really had to, like, he was kind of forced to really, like, put everything he had into different characters. Like, uh, version one, when he was on SmackDown, like in the early 2000s, like that was, and the, like how the map facts would show up on the side of the screen, like just yeah. uh, to, they were not so much facts, just like little things to like boost uh, his his character's ego. 
mm-hmm. little bit. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's he's had some okay face gimmicks, I guess, but not really like the stronger than death thing when he first came back was kind of cool for a little bit, but didn't really go anywhere. But his his, his real creative genius came out when he eventually went to TNA. Uh huh. Like, like anybody can argue that. Yeah, for for the the stuff that like the the criticism that TNA gets okay i think for the most part isn't really warranted because there was a lot of really they had an amazing roster okay mm-hmm. b- b- back then and they did they had some pretty good creative and when they brought some guys in you know sometimes it kind of tanked and all that sometimes it really worked mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so yeah 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 i think uh, I guess maybe Matt Hardy's overness probably peaked uh, when he just became himself with the whole yeah. uh, the whole uh, thing with Edge and Lita and all that, where they they tried to make that real life situation, but instead of Matt Hardy, they tried to make it with Kane. Like yeah. Kane, Kane and Lita were a thing, and like. Nothing against Kane, you know, but they they were booing Kane out of the building because they just didn't want Kane in that position. Yeah, they they wanted yeah they wanted Matt. Matt. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Matt already got fired because he went online and like posted about uh, the whole thing publicly. So that's why he initially got released, and then he got brought back because of high demand. Oh yeah, yeah, (laughs) you got to you got to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'm just kind of, I'm still in awe, like, that whole thing happened. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I'm still, like, they actually allowed, you know, well, I guess when they say, okay, you know what, this is your new angle, and they look at mm-hmm. the, the quote-unquote script, and then yeah. they go, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, shit. All right, all right. You yeah, know, but I, when, oh, yeah, like, that, that kind of came and went and it fizzled out it didn't really have a conclusive ending i don't really think no no and it it wasn't going to it wasn't supposed to you know a six month build up to wrestlemania or whatever that was just to get in and out Mm -hmm. you know and it it kind of fit the wwf narrative at the time as well so exactly but he went on to bigger better things after his contract expired and uh that's how we got big money matt and broken matt (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah oh shit i delete delete, delete. Yeah. oh yes oh huge huge people like in other federations like even when matt's not around you see people doing the the, the delete, delete thing with with the arms and it was very rev it was very reminiscent of um what's his name with the yes and all that you 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 see people doing doing the yes thing and all that sometimes just a simple thing like an arm movement can capture Mm -hmm. people's attention and and just it works for the better Mm -hmm. yeah yep it's uh yeah he's definitely uh underrated and now like i think it's more so the fact that wwe didn't present him in the way that he deserved to be presented because hmm. like after he him and Jeff came back to WWE, they were just the normal Hardy Boys for a little while. But then eventually they brought in the broken character, had to rename it to make it their own thing. 
because that's just what WWE does. Uh huh. It yeah. didn't. Mm-hmm. It didn't. It, it didn't quite work for the WWF then because no, I think no. it's yeah. because Vince didn't get it. Vince didn't right. invent it, so yeah, mm-hmm. it didn't get mm-hmm. what it deserved. And no one, no one wanted, no one wanted Broken Matt in the WWF. Well, you know I, I mean? thought like, it could have been cool. It, like with WWE's money and production value, it could have been something great. Yeah, but I don't. I don't yeah. think the majority of the fans, the hardcore fans, didn't want him doing that in the WWF. That's why it kind yeah. of never got over like it did in TNA. Yeah, and now like, and now he's in AEW, and he's kind of doing like this multifarious Matt Hardy thing where he can switch between <laughs> him and some on. Which, on. Yeah, once, once okay, I have to admit, old man Cornette here. Yeah. I got. I'm gonna get up on my my snowbox for a second. The <laughs> The the teleporting and all that, I'm like, uh, you know, where he gets thrown into an ice box and then he comes out a different character or he gets he gets dunked in the water, comes up is like, okay, I get it, but but oh, remember, Snowy, uh, the pool had stuff from the Lake of Reincarnation. So yeah, <laughs> yep. Oh well, I, I'm convinced now. Okay, everything I just said. Okay, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> the Lake of Reincarnation. It, like, there's no, there's no magic there. It's just a, it's just a lake. Yeah. It's the magic lake where where Matt Hardy just so happens to have his house built. Yeah, somehow think, imported a bunch of that water, so when they were trying to drown him, he would just switch. Back yeah, and forth. yeah, he was re- uh, He did that with uh, Jeff Hardy on like a YouTube segment where he was like, yeah. uh, when they were still in TNA, and like Jeff took like a spiked, uh, spiked bat to the gut. And oh. uh, in one of the cinematic matches, so like later on, he starts dunking him in the Lake of Reincarnation, and Jeff comes up as like the the Antichrist gimmick that he was in TNA. And then like, yeah, he comes up and does his, his like says like a couple things and like in that character, and then like Matt goes like, "This is not the version of Brother Nero that I need." <laughs> yep. I need to go back and watch more of those segments. Those segments were fucking amazing. Yeah, I think they're all still on uh, TNA's YouTube page. Yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, they are. Okay. But, uh, yeah, yeah, Matt Hardy, master of reinvention. <laughs> right on, right on. Someone you got to really give credit to when it when it comes to reinventing themselves and all that, especially when you go from just being a loudmouth manager to one of the most over recognizable faces in all of pro wrestling and that's diamond dallas page mm. like wow okay when he was a manager in the awa during the declining years of the awa he was the manager of bad company okay and bad company they were my favorite team at the time and they're still one of my favorite teams of all time but not the best promos at the time they needed a manager, and along came Diamond Dallas Page. Okay, which yeah. I mean, not really much in the way of experience, you know, in actual ring, but the guy had a ton of charisma, could really cut a promo, great character, and all that. Okay, so this guy definitely had a career as a manager. Wow. When he decided, okay, you know what, I'm gonna give actual ring work a try. You know, and he was told, well, it's going to take you like 10 years 
and you yeah. you've already got a few years on un, un, under your belt you're not going to do it he said well watch me yeah he and, was 35 i think when he decided to start wrestling <laughs> right 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 yep. and five years later that big push against the nwo okay the big um feud with the macho man mm-hmm. like at one time, there was nobody bigger, maybe Steve Austin, than Diamond Dallas Page throughout, through, throughout the Monday Wars. And that, that was just through hard work and character and mm-hmm. just, just, just giving it 110%. Now, you wouldn't, you wouldn't recognize DDP from WCW, his big push, and AWA manager. Like, no, same same voice. But if you put them together, there's no you would never have thought. Well, maybe they're brothers, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> what br- brothers in this? The first guy just has goofier clothes. Yeah, <laughs> all that. But the first yeah, guy's t- trying to be Don Cherry. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. definitely to see that evolution. Okay. And then, of course, what the WWF did with him at the end of the, at the end of the Monday Wars—that's that—that's a whole other story. But to see that evolution was just like wow. Yeah, he ended, yeah ended up being a two-time WCW World Heavyweight Champion. Mm-hmm. He, I, I do recall him having a pretty good feud over the United States title with Bret Hart in the in the late nineties. Right, right, yeah. No matter like once once his he really hit his stride. Mm-hmm. Everything he did was gold. Yeah. And like, he was a totally different person. It was amazing. Yeah. During the Monday Night War, like, I, when I was, like, uh, 12 years old, I, I just, like, kind of compared him to The Rock a lot of the times because they were both referred to as the people's champion. Right. In their respective brands. So, but <laughs> obviously, there's, like, a world of difference between the two. Oh. <laughs> yeah, they're both great on the mic. And well, that, both, that definitely helped too. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both multiple time world champions. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's just a shame that uh, his WWE career didn't take off like how a lot of people would have hoped. But well, he just got saddled with a stupid idea, a bad angle, and all that. Yeah. And, and it's his ego. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. And then like, got I, his ass whooped by The Undertaker. Yeah. <laughs> and The Undertaker's wife at the time. Yes. Huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what give me another example. This is awesome. Uh Bray Wyatt. Okay. Uh yeah, you'll have to that was that's Mike Tundo's son, Barry Wyndham's nephew, right? Yeah, his real name is Wyndham or no Wyndham Rotunda, I think is his real right. name. Right, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that too. Sure. <laughs> yep. Yeah, his, bro- his brother also wrestles for WWE. Yeah, Bo Dallas, but yeah, that's kind of a—he's not really on TV anymore, unfortunately. Right. But yeah, Bray Wyatt—he started off his uh, career in uh, wrestling in uh, the original NXT back when it was still a game show, and they were game show esque. Where yeah, they, <laughs> when, it, when NXT was a game show, it, it was <laughs> like it oh right, yeah, like, because they had the oh, and then this guy trains you, and then blah blah blah. Yeah. Each, yeah, I forgot about that. Each rookie had a pro that he was teamed with. And then uh yeah, they would go through like obstacle courses and stuff. <laughs> it was like uh it was like a scripted American Gladiators. Or maybe American Gladiators was also scripted, I don't know. But uh Okay, yeah. 
regardless. Is that a dude? Yeah, his his, <laughs> his his character there was uh, Husky Harris, which was right. Less, yeah, not very successful in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Nope. And, yeah, it's it didn't even really have potential as far as I was concerned. But thankfully, he like yeah he was on the main roster for a little bit as part of the Nexus, but obviously yeah he didn't really. The only memorable thing about that was when CM Punk gave him 10 lashes for screwing up one time. Yeah. Yeah. And then, <laughs> then after that, we really didn't see him for a while. And then he reemerged as this uh, backwoods cult leader type character that uh, really became what he was mostly known for. It's uh, the Eater of Worlds, Bray Wyatt. Mm-hmm. It was like this, yeah, this Southern man who talked in a, in a certain drawl that when he would convince people to join his little cult or his family, as he called it is very like biting off, uh, elements of Charles Manson and, uh, uh, Robert De Niro's character from Cape fear. I, the character's name escaped me at the moment. And also, uh, previous WWF wrestler, uh, Waylon Mercy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he sure. made his own thing and the way he cut promos, like, you couldn't make heads or tails of what he was saying, but he said it in such a convincing manner that you hung on every single word that he said. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. And I have to admit, like, I'm not one for the theatrics and all that, but his entrance, the Firefly entrance, I think they called it. Oh, with yeah. Everyone. People have their cell phone lights. Right, right. That was amazing because I think that just happened organically. Every, oh, everyone just just took to it much like um no one in these arena rock concerts ever said years ago hey get your lighters out people yeah. just started doing it the mm-hmm. first the first time i saw that with with wyatt that's immediately what i remembered i remember the first time you know in 1982 at a hall and oats concert seeing everyone pull their lighters out and it's the first time I'd ever seen it. It was my very first concert. And I'm looking around. I'm like, wow, look, I think those are lighters. Everyone's, you know, this is makes it made for a really cool visual. I yeah. did the exact same thing the first time I saw Bray Wyatt. The people at Bray mm-hmm. Wyatt matches do that. It was like the same thing. I was like, I got taken back to a Hall and Oates concert, 1983. <laughs> 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 now, when you woke up this morning, okay, you did not think you were going to hear a Bray Wyatt Hall and Oates comparison. No, nope. <laughs> no, nope. yes, yeah. Like, from there, though, like the yeah, the entrance was only part of it. From there, like it started getting into like more of a backstory about how, like, with Sister Abigail and how he had like magical powers. I guess right. But it still worked for him. Like I thought. Unfortunately, that gimmick didn't like as much as the fans loved it. It never really took off in a sense that they like it wasn't convincing because he would always lose all of his feuds. Like, right. which like when you're trying to portray yourself as this like evil man with these spooky powers and who can like who can teleport and who can like control people's minds, it's uh, kind of loses its luster if you never win. Oh yeah, yeah, like. 50-50 booking doesn't always help. No, but I think, like, yeah, but unfortunately, he, yeah, he wasn't booked very well, but then, as luck would have it, he got into a car accident, had to go, like, rehab from that, but in right. doing that, we, 
we got the uh, Firefly Funhouse Bray Wyatt and the Fiend. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah, that would be the next evolution. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah, so, so yeah. As as far as being like an evil, yeah, an evil character with supernatural powers, the Fiend kind of is that next step above uh, the Eater of Worlds Bray Wyatt because. Like, not a lot of people realize, or maybe more people realize this now, but Bray Wyatt actually told us about The Fiend uh, five years before it even happened in, like, a little vignette called Superstar Ghost Stories where he was talking about the man in the woods that he saw when he was uh, when he was a little boy growing up in the swamp. And, yeah, the description of the man in the woods sounded a lot like The Fiend. It's like pale skin, long yellow hairs, eyes like a cat. Sounds familiar. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, and then uh, it ended with Sister Abigail telling Bray that he was the man in the woods. So maybe, like, the, the fiend has lived inside of Bray Wyatt this whole time and is what get, has given him the, this ability to uh, control people and manipulate people. And now now the fiend has, he tried to suppress it, and now it's, like, manifested into, like, this corporeal entity that's that, uh, <laughs> that, 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 that's how I, yeah. I can't no I get it this is just a long way from Harley race versus Tommy rich man like yeah, I, <laughs> I realize that but yeah like that's how I believe the fiend is like being the, the worst parts of Bray Wyatt's psyche all manifested into this uh and in, into like a physical it's a physical manifestation of all the worst parts of Bray Wyatt's mind essentially mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> all right just a just a quick question i know we're looking at the clock now we're gonna wrap it up here but is Wyndham rotundo is he a real life metalhead do we know yeah he, yeah he, he does listen to heavy music okay so i'm willing to bet that the name abigail kind of oh, okay, I, I would assume i assume he's a king diamond fan yeah i know he uh he had a chi- chimera patch on his vest when he was uh still the eater of worlds character like oh, towards okay the- yeah. Okay. Uh, I figured. Yeah, he said in interviews before that he listens to heavy music, but like, like not. I don't think he really listens to death metal. But he, he did say he was a fan of like Rage Against the Machine and obviously Chimera. But yeah, I can only like also given like the whole the the, the Fiends theme song. He's Total. obviously yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well. Cool, cool. He's someone uh, sometime down the line that we should probably have on the show. Yeah, if we can ever get a hold of him. He's probably yeah, yeah. Man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. When they, That'd be when, fucking awesome, though. though. When, they've, yeah. when they've taken the shackles off of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah well. I'm sure he needs clearance from the higher-ups of WWE to do interviews. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's just way too much red tape. I don't even, like, when thinking of, of interviews, even with our brother program, Radioactive Metal, I never even, I don't even think of a WWF guy under contract because it's just too much crap. Yeah, too many hoops to jump through. Yeah, yeah. Well, my friend, like I said, we're looking at the clock here. How uh, can people get a hold of us? Well, people can get a hold of us on Facebook at facebook.com slash wrestling night in Canada or on Instagram at wrestling night in Canada. Right on, right on. Of course, 
Wrestling Night in Canada are proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. You can check us out there. We're available off the website, off of, um, we're on Spotify, anywhere you can find podcasts and the Wizards are there. You know, your, your buddies here at Wrestling Night in Canada can be found there. The Shining Wizards Network, you know, not only features us, but the Shining Wizards program themselves. Hello and horns up, Tony. Thank you for all that you do. There's a variety of really cool wrestling podcasts and comedy podcasts, pop culture, and our brother program, Radioactive Metal. If you uh, haven't had enough this week of your cool Uncle Snowy, you can go over there. And uh, me and my homies over there, we talk all things metal and i believe not this latest episode but the last one ducky joined us for a chat you know with what was going on his expertise was definitely needed um in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been another exciting episode of wrestling night in canada uh, i'm snowy white i'm matt copper and i'm dustin maruka we're from winnipeg you idiots